Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 123rd edition of the Final Score Podcast. May 8th. Um, weather's starting to get a little better. Uh, rainy today, but the rest of the week looks great. It's great for us golf people and those that just don't like the winter um, and the cold. So this we're moving on up. Um, lots of stuff happening right now. MLB's in full force. Hockey playoffs, um, all all going well there. NBA playoffs, don't really care about that. Watch a little bit, but not much. Um, golf, we're one week away from the second major of the season. Um and then we played some good golf um, this past weekend. We'll review that course later um, in this episode. Then next weekend, we're playing Arcadia. Um, yay us. I can't wait. The weather's looking good. So um, we'll jump in, uh, go to the podium as always. I'll start. Um, LeBron James' son, Bronny James, committed to USC on Saturday. Now, this has been a very public, um, you know, it's where is he going to go? Is he going to USC? Is he going to go to Ohio State? Is he going to go to Oregon? Is he going to go to Howard or something like that? Let me tell you this right now. It's a clown show because of who his dad is, and his dad wants this to be a clown show, so he's all eyes on there. Oh, Bronny James, Bronny James. Yeah, is he good? Yeah, he's a good player. But is he a five-star recruit, top 25 player like he is on every single thing? No. He's like a 6'3 shooting guard that isn't overly athletic. If he was anybody else, if he was a plain athlete, if his name was Bob Smith and he was the way he is, he would be probably a three-star recruit. He's a five-star recruit because of his stupid dad's name. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. They're like, oh, he's going to be a lottery pick. Guarantee you he won't be. Michael Jordan's kids didn't have this no. kind of fanfare, and they were not very good. No. I mean, he's good, but he's not that good. I, I don't buy the hype. I've watched him play before. He doesn't even play that hard. It's all because of daddy and what daddy can do for you. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of his family. They're annoying people. This guy's not that good. He's not a five-star recruit. He's going to get... He's valued on on three to have an NIL value of $5.9 million because of daddy. It's like Arch Manning. It's ridiculous. Let these guys play before you value them and give them money. It's ridiculous. My podium, a little different kind of take here, but in light of the Kentucky Derby this past weekend, always fun to watch that one and you know pick a horse with a cool name and throw a couple bucks on it and bet on it. The horse Ryan and I picked. can't remember now. It was already verifying. verifying. Cool name. Was out in the lead for about the first half of the race and then fell off. I don't know. He finished like seventh or something like that. Whatever. Fun while it lasted. Anyway, on a more serious note, WTF is going on, at, maybe especially at Churchill Downs. 
Last week, you know, there's not just the Kentucky Derby. There's the Kentucky Oak, it's, and there's tons of other small races leading up to. There were not one, not two, not three, but seven horses that had to be euthanized. Seven. Uh, two that oh, I believe were scratched from the Derby itself that ended up being euthanized. One is Saturday morning. Um, that was a scratch and a euthanized because he got injured. Like, what are they roiding these horses out with, Bob Beffert? What are they doing? How are they training them? I don't pretend to know anything about it. I, all I know is that these horses are majestic, beautiful creatures. And I remember watching a race once with, you know, as the family, as we usually do, I think it was like seven bells or something like that, eight bells. Can't remember uh, the horse's name. Broke both front legs and a you know, finished like in the top four or something of the Derby that year and then had to be euthanized right there on the track. Like, uh, you know, I'm not some PETA freak. I'm not some like animal rights activist, but like that causes me to scratch my head a little bit. Not, not one. Okay. Once in a while it happens. I get it. Like freak injuries. I, I, you know, the racing gets, they bump and, you know, they're running hard and everything else. But seven deaths in one week—that's that's not right. Something no. something needs to be looked at. Either, either they're drugging these horses up, trying to squeeze the maximum out of them, and then and maybe they're masking it and they're hiding something. I don't know what's going on, but let's get back to the old days. Like he, here's a here's a case in point. Secretariat, great movie by the way. If you want to watch a really good movie, 1973, I believe it was. For a long time, you know, first Triple Crown winner in a long time. Then it was a long time until after that that there was another one. He still holds the records for these the, the Triple Crown. Um, that's from 50 years ago, I know, because I turned 50 last weekend. 50 years that record has stood. That's a horse that didn't tamper. They found he just had a, a bigger heart than usual and he could pump more blood. That's a natural, quote-unquote, defect. That's an advantage. Not shooting him up, not whatever. Like they got to figure something out because these horses are also valued in the millions of dollars. And then to have to just put them down, like it's a stray dog. On, I just, I don't get it. It's, it's disappointing for something that's as fun to watch. It'd be like if, if, you know, seven drivers died in Indy time trials and pole position stuff in the race this, this month yeah, down at Indy motor speedway. Like imagine how you would feel about that. That's kind of what I liken it to. Except for you had seven race cars die, basically, and seven racehorses. So it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know what's going on, but we're in silly season, so I thought I'd bring that up. Yes, it is very silly. Well, that's, that's a good topic. Um, all right, speaking of silly, um, tee-up of the week. This just came out today. Um, Bob Huggins in some hot water. It was funny what he said. He was um, goaded into it, but still shouldn't have said it. Said said a, a, a homophobic slur. Um, on on a radio station in Cincinnati in reference to Xavier because he obviously coached at Cincinnati the crosstown rivalry very heated in basketball especially there been some big fights in that one um, but he said a, a homophobic slur and now he's being reviewed by the university and I don't think it's gonna be good for him because in today's day and age you can't say anything like that it doesn't matter what you think you keep your comments to yourself um, he's probably toast if I were to guess uh, and we can do an extra tee up I guess. Iowa and Iowa State, a bunch of student athletes under investigation for gambling. Happened uh, at Alabama last week too, yeah, right? Happened baseball. with a baseball coach. He got fired because of it. Um, this isn't good. I mean, it's the fine line you walk with the sports gambling being legalized in all these places. Um, just like the fine line you walk with the NCAA allowing pay for pay, play, basically, mm-hmm. um, with these boosters and NIL bullshit. 
crap. And you think um, these athletes, these college athletes, would see they're getting suspended for six <laughs> games to a season in the NFL for this kind of stuff? Pete Rose banned for life from Major League Baseball. You'd think that, I, I get it, they're kids and it's fun and they think it's harmless, but it's pretty clear, I think, Ryan, even as a as parent of, you know, you and Rachel as former student ath- college student-athletes, even the parents hear about the no gambling stuff. Like, it's not a surprise. Yeah, you can't do that nowadays. You, you can't. Um, it's... I know it's tempting, it's out there, whatever, but you can't do it. Um, if you can't do it, don't get caught. No, um, exactly. All right, that's the tee-up of the week. Um, let's move to the par three. Yeah, par three. Let's talk. There's sure. There are quite a few rule changes that came out in college basketball last week. Ryan, I'm going to read them and have you respond to them, and I'll respond to them. And then there's a couple of football <laughs> ones that we yep. I don't think we've touched well, real on. Real quick, should, let's talk, talk about, real quick, Dickinson to Kansas. Good riddance. We don't have to play against them. Oh, yeah. Well, do we have to play Kansas in no, the champions? It's Duke. Oh, it's Duke. Okay, yeah, good riddance. Good. He, somebody like that deserves to be at Kansas. I'm sorry, Kansas is a storied program, but clearly they cheat and get away with it and go Boo, have it. And Boo Booey's coming back for year number twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> North Northwestern gonna be good again. Yep. All right. Rule proposals in college basketball. An optional rule would allow for. Preloaded five, was it preloaded live video to be transmitted to the bench area? This has been an experimental rule for the past two years. I don't know really what that means, but um, yeah, I don't know. So that's just a rule proposal, so that's meaningless. I don't know what that means. Officials would be able to review goaltending, basket interference calls during the next media timeout to ensure the calls were accurate. As long, <coughs> excuse me, as long as the official calls it on the floor. There's a foul on the shooter while the ball is in the air with a goaltend basket interference. The review would be immediate to properly adjudicate the potential free throws. Any thoughts on that? I like it. I like that. I think it's a good idea. It's not delaying the game during the game. Yeah, and I mean, like, I uh, I think the only thing that I have is, like, if it's clear and they missed it, somebody should be able to buzz them and say, hey, look, dude, you missed a goaltending. Like, I don't care if it's the next TV timeout and cost two points. Like, I get it, it's not ideal, but and, and mistakes happen. But if you can fix all the other stuff, why can't you fix that? Why can't you fix that? Yeah, so that's that's my issues. thing there. Here's an interesting one in the wake of fights that happen more often than they should. Non-student bench personnel, non-student, would be allowed to serve as potential peacekeepers when an altercation occurs. You know, right now nobody can leave the bench or everybody's, it's an automatic ejection. Like in a fight. Right. I, I kind of like that. I, I like to, that it's to, push to keep it away. the student-athletes, but if there's a, a, like a grad assistant or something like that, Captain agrees. If there's a grad assistant or something like that, I agree. It would probably stop things from escalating as much. Uh, under two minutes, when a coach requests an out-of-bounds play to be reviewed, that team would be charged a timeout if the original call is not overturned. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so penalize them for basically delaying the game. Yeah, I, I, I really like Because we that. all know the pace of play in college basketball and college football it's is slow. It's ridiculous. It's very, very slow. It needs to be better. Games should be under two hours with media timeouts mm-hmm. and all that jazz. It, it, these games are going two hours and 20 minutes with fouls nonstop, this, that, and the other thing. Um, yeah, we need um, to speed these up, and I like that. I, I thought this was already a rule, but anytime the ball hits the rim and the offense retains possession in the front court, the shot clock would restart, reset to 20 seconds. 
I thought that was a rule. I already thought that was a rule. That makes total sense. Um, If a player is called for a foul and instant replay officials see that a foul is direct result of a flagrant one or a flagrant tool against the player who was originally assessed a foul, officials would be allowed to remove the foul on the player who was flagrantly fouled. I don't. I can't think of a case where that would happen, but that would be like, I hack you basically in self-defense because you're flagrant fouling me. They call me, they review it, you get the flagrant because you threw an elbow, yeah, like a and I don't, and I don't get the foul. That's kind of a confusing. I don't know that that really happens that much, but I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Because again, if you can reverse, why why not correct everything within the flow of the game? I mean, I don't. I don't understand why you would correct some things and not other things. Um. A timeout would be able to be granted when a player has possession of the ball, even though the player is airborne. Yes. That's I, an old rule that yeah, they went they should, away with yeah, for a they while. Yeah, they should have that. If you have possession, I don't care if yeah, you're if you an have, inch off the ground, if you're a foot off the ground, if you're flying over the table, if you're not touching anything out of bounds, yeah, you, you should be able to call timeout. Yeah, 110%. That's, I don't know why they ever took that rule away. Yeah. If a player commits three flagrant one fouls in a game, I didn't even know that was a thing, the player would be disqualified two from the game. you were gone. So now they must have raised it up to three. What? Why? Well, so let's make it a rougher a thing. Three flagrant two. fouls. That's dumb. If you have two flagrant ones, you should be tossed. This, I'll, I'll weigh in after on this one in a minute. Players would be allowed to wear numbers zero to no, 99. No, this isn't the NBA. Here's my reply to that. <laughs> it's gross. It's disgusting. I don't need to see, for starters, zero. Zero is stupid. Double zero is even dumber. I'm going to throw out a Jim Gamism. It's not even a number. Like, I don't even want zero or double zero to begin with. And now you're going to let, like, 99. Dennis Rodman, 99? Let's, let's make this more about the individuals than the teams. 47. Um, the uniformity of 1 to 5, and then 10 to 15, 20 to 25, 30 to 35, 40 to 45, 50 to 55, you know, it goes back to officials being able to show like five and five on each finger, right? Like, but the uniformity in the team game of that. And here's the thing: is if you retire numbers, place like Carolina or Michigan State that has a lot of numbers retired, just retire them, but don't let people not wear them again. Like, right. like making it an honor thing, game. like the number one, the number one at Michigan, for example, in football. Is an honor. Like Anthony Carter wore number one. He was a great wide receiver. It's an honor to wear number one. Uh, Tom Harmon, remember, he was whatever. When, when Devin Gardner, Devin Gardner wore it. That was stupid, by the way, but whatever. Like, there's a tradition to that. Like, I think at Michigan State, a 24, a 33 for EJ, a 32 for Kelser, you know, 24 for Respert, 12 because this happened with um, Neitzel. Neitzel. Neitzel wore 12 and then switched because Mateen... Xavier wore returned. 23. Xavier wore 23. With Draymond being retired. Yeah, so I just think if that's the problem, then, then then schools can hold out their own rules or whatever, don't retire numbers or retire... But but, but 0 to 99, that's stupid. It's yeah. dumb. And all you're doing is you're... You're going to the individualism of college sports, and there's no more bastion of anything that's amateur and team-oriented already. People like Keon Coleman leaving Michigan State because he has 59 offers to make more money. Um, who knows why Peyton Thorne really left. I didn't read his letter. I didn't really care. See ya. Whatever. Thanks for your time. Thanks for handing it off to K-9 a couple years ago and bringing us to success. I don't need more individualism. I don't need these turnover 
gadgets on the sideline for football. I don't need chains. I don't need all this me, me, me stuff. I want team. I want like old school Penn State, Notre Dame, no names on the back of jerseys. Like to me, that's what college sports should be. Certainly not being able to wear number 99 with your blue and purple hair and your mohawk. Like gross. Hey, well, but then like Grady Dick could be number sixty nine, just be just ridiculous. Yeah, I hate that rule. Please, God, don't let that happen. I can't believe this was a thing. Schools would no longer have to submit a waiver for a player to wear religious headwear, provided it's safe for competition. I mean, we really were not allowing like somebody who an Arab you know, person, yeah, to, to hey, play. Someone for Grand Haven when I was a sophomore, yeah, I remember. Was an Arab and they like, wore it. Like, uh, if that's your religion, it's fine. It's yeah, like they're wearing. Or a yarmulke, like if you're really a, like an Orthodox like that Jew one, or was that one school? Yeshiva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah I mean, that's like school. ridiculous. Like you're, you're going to let, that's you're going to let, you're going to let chicks with dicks swim in, you know, or the really guys that pose as chicks, not the opposite, but swim against other women. And you're not going to let somebody wear a yarmulke to a game. Are you effing kidding me? Like NCAA, no shit on this rule. Get your priorities straight. The NCAA is a, they need to... Reformation. Band. I don't understand this one. Red and amber lights would be allowed on the backboard. I don't know. I don't know what that one has to do with. That means. Um, here's a couple other experimental rules for next year. The, to continue the experimental rule with the standard media timeout format in the second half. This is interesting. First dead ball under 17, then 14, then 11, then 8, then 4. For any interested conference. So what we complain about timeouts and flow enough, and you're actually offering them another one? I didn't even know that was an experimental rule, but I can tell you now I hate it. Like I watched Division Three basketball for four years, and minus the Calvin Hope game, which was on TV, and even those were fast, those games took an hour and 40 minutes tops. Hour, that's what it should be. You don't need all this song and dance and all these timeouts. It's like garbage. Like Cut timeouts out. Don't add them. Yeah, and then in the NIT they they're going to widen the lane to 16 feet. I don't necessarily see the point of that. I get it. You're well, trying to, Zach Eady. to yeah, you're trying to yeah because you can just sit in there more. How about you just call three seconds? That would be one. Yeah, well, that's, that's that would be one concept, helpful thing. All right, so that's that's one set of uh, rule stuff. And no, Apple, I don't want to do my um, rapid security update. All right, so the other one. That came out is super interesting. We've talked about this with Coach George um, on the on this before, um, and I'll just start it with this. Our goal is to try to reduce the number of charges that are called. All right, the NCAA Men's Basketball Rules Committee on Friday proposed a rule change for next season to the legal guarding position on the block charge scenarios involving defenders around the basket. Under the recommendation, a defender would have to be in position to draw a charge at the time an offensive player plants his foot to go airborne, i.e. you can't slide underneath. Well, that's good. If the defender arrives after the offensive player plants a foot to launch toward the basket, officials would be instructed to call a block when contact occurs between the two players. Duh. That's a no-brainer. A secondary defender still would have to be outside the restricted area arc to legally draw a charge. Totally agree with that. Currently, yep. defenders must be in position to draw a charge before the offensive player goes airborne um, and not with that first step. I think the first step will stop a lot of that garbage. All rules proposals must be approved, blah, blah, blah. Um, so basically, block charge. Our goal is to reduce the number. I agree. 
I think that anybody, that this whole notion that, yeah, you could be in legal guarding position, but you're sliding right in front of somebody at the minute, unless somebody's shoving off or dropping a shoulder or throwing an elbow, I have a huge problem with the inconsistency in the block charge call. Yeah, I do too. It's a, it's annoying the way that it's called. Um, yeah. All right, so I don't have these in front of me, but let's talk about a couple of the college football rules changes that were instituted to speed up the game in, in uh, NCAA. So one of the age-old differences between NCAA and NFL was clock stopping yeah. on timeouts. Yeah, now it's or not. On, uh, first down. less than two minutes. Only right? inside two minutes. I think that's great. That's I, phenomenal. I, because there's no two-minute warning, I'm totally okay that you can stop the clock on a first down. That's the only time it really should matter anyway. I mean, they're doing this not... They're not really doing it for the time's sake in the game. They're doing it for the amount of plays or player safety in the game. But for us as fans in the stands, I don't need four-hour Yeah, I don't want a game to start anymore. at 12-10 and get done at four. That's Right. It's, you shouldn't have to have four-hour It used to be three-and-a-half-hours should be sufficient, right? So, like, Boy, there's that. NFL doesn't even take that. Uh, you can't call consecutive timeouts anymore, which I think is good, too. Like, I, I don't know how often. I never saw the rule it. how often that that it worked, but it doesn't work really. I, I mean, kicker's going to kick, he's going to make it, or he's going to be like Michigan State, and he's going to miss an extra point from the middle of the field um, and cost him a bowl game. Like, I, whatever, kickers are going to make it or they're going to miss it. doesn't really matter if you call three timeouts in a row or whatever. That will help speed up the game. I'm trying to think of were there any other big ones, Ryan, in college football. I, I mean, as far as I know, they probably can wear half numbers or pie. I mean, let's just continue with the ridiculousness on numbers. Um, yeah, let me see if I can pull up this. I don't, I don't recall anything else. I mean, I look, bottom line for both sports, number one, I'm all for things that bring in consistency. I'm all for things that get the game back to the natural length that it should be. And I'm mm-hmm. definitely one rule that I'd like to see them enforce more or just get rid of in college basketball is the freaking three-second rule. Like, call it on a Zach Eady or a Hunter Dickinson. Or, or don't make it a rule. Like, or, or don't make it a rule, right? Like, let a guy just live in there or get him out of there. You that, can't have it be a rule or, and don't Or call that it. they enforce the defensive rule that they have in the NBA, the three seconds in the key like, so a guy like Zach Eady can't just stand there with his hands up in the air for the right. whole defensive possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of those college football rule changes is not extending quarters. This rule make it so that a first or third quarter would not be extended for an untimed down if the quarter ends in a defensive penalty. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that's really that that's saves eight. One. That saves potentially two plays a game max. Yeah, I mean, like not, 10 it's not like a time maybe, yeah. you know. and it's not like quarters in that often on a timeout but like i don't have a problem with that i mean an untimed down you know obviously into the half or into the game they'll let it go because it's that's the rule and that's totally fine i understand that but like yeah i'm all for those things that just consistently bring the game back to the length that should be i mean geez when i was a kid you were lucky if your team made it on national tv let alone tv at all and those games flew by because you had your regular commercials and they jammed in the radio commercials and that was it like it, it's gotten too big, too rich. Find a way to make it work, or double it up like golf does. Double it up like soccer does. Double it up like other sports do, where they have kind of the live look-in type of thing. I agree. All right, that is shot number one of the par three out of the way. We got a little condensed bracket this week. I thought about this on the way home. I was trying to think of something kind of appropriate to the season. Something we haven't done before. So we are going to do, and not like sections of brackets, but we're going to do one eight-item bracket 
best stadium food. Ooh, I like snacks. this. All right. So you got your number one seed hot dogs against your number eight seed Snickers. Oh, hot dog. You got to go. Like a good stadium dog with like mustard. Baseball stadiums always have good hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Michigan States are They're okay. okay. They're not great. They used to be better. Um, the old Tiger Stadium had baseball. Baseball. Wrigley Field has great hot dogs. Frank from the oh. baseball baseball games. That's why I love going to baseball games. The food. Really? Honestly, like the Whitecaps. They have yeah. really good Cheap, hot dogs. It's the not as expensive. Yeah. All right. So the winner of that will face off in a similar category. The number four bratwurst against number five, the hot Italian sausage. I don't think I've ever had a hot Italian sausage. Oh, like with the peppers and stuff? Well, I know what that is, but I, I'll just say a brat. You've never had it at Michigan State, that's why. I don't think I've really had it anywhere. I've never, I haven't been to a ton of stadiums. Well, we're going to have to put a hot Italian sausage on the, on the I think we get a, Blackstone list. I think that means that we need to visit every Big Ten stadium also. I think we should. Except for the big house. All right. And then we've got the number three seed, nachos with the little thing of cheese. And if oh, you're lucky, yeah. jalapenos against number oh, six, man. waffle fries. Oh, freaking the nachos, man. Nachos with the corn tortilla nachos. chips. The little cup of cheese that's not enough for as many chips as you get. But then the jalapenos on top of it. That's that's a good key. And then that, that winner there will face off against number two, Hot soft pretzel with hot spicy mustard uh, against the age old pizza slice. And the pretzel, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, always, I, I get a pretzel at the Michigan State over any food aside from like a candy bar, probably. All right, you got hot dog versus brat. Hot dog. Yeah, and I got hot dog Italian sausage and going hot dog. <laughs> and then you've got uh, nachos and soft pretzel. 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 And then pretzel wins for me. Yeah, and I'm going soft. I'm going soft pretzel too. And I I gotta go hot dog. Like you're right though, Ryan. A good stadium dog. I have not. I mean, I've been to more stadiums than you, but you almost have to just like make it a thing to get a hot dog from every stadium. They're just they're they're so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's making me hungry for one now. They're not good for you, but good old or, or somebody would call them a tube steak. <laughs> Maybe Uncle oh, Bob Lord. calls them a tube steak. But stadium hot dog. Win a win a chicken dinner. Um, runner up turkey on a stick at Michigan State, like the turkey leg, those are pretty good. The brontosaurus legs, the uh, chicky on a stick at Penn State that made Jeff have to crap in a open air latrine all night for a night. Uh, plenty of other runner ups, I'm sure. All right, moving on, a quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Andrews Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Golf time. All right, golf time. Should we talk about the ravines first? Uh, yeah, you want to do that first? Yeah, That's fine. We can do that. So ravines, a little Arnold Palmer course in Saugatuck, Michigan, so about, about a 45, 50-minute drive. Yeah, beautiful. Probably. West and a little south from Grand Rapids, a little south of Holland, not too far from where I work every day. Um, great property. Ryan and I had played here originally uh, for my birthday. 2020. In 2020 during COVID. Had to walk it. Not a walk. Of, not a walk. <coughs> a lot of space between holes. Very Think of the hilly. name. Ravines. I mean, there's one, there's one spot I was reminded when we drove up it. I think it was between like 12 and 13. That was, yeah. it was almost like a sheer cliff to go back up. I'm not really sure how we... 
how we made it up there. there with spikes. Yeah, with spikes on pavement. It's not like you can walk. If it was wet, I wouldn't. But we played there, and then the other time we played is when I had COVID, so I was actually sick. That was kind of crazy, and we didn't finish because it was kind of chilly and it was October. Sixteen holes. Yeah. Um, But generally speaking, a good course. Like this time of the year, obviously in Michigan. Um, nothing is in great, great shape. The grass isn't completely alive. The greens were firm. The greens were in great uh, shape. Pretty good. I could not read them at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at my card. I think I had like one, two, I had four, three putts. Like I had the most greens I've hit in a regulation in forever. I had five, I had eight greens or seven or eight greens in regulation and I four putt or three putt four of them. Um, so I couldn't get the speed down, but they were they were pretty smooth. Um, they were firm and they were in good shape. But a fun course, um, you know, not not like anything super spectacularly visually appealing. Um, some holes of interest, like one's kind of an interesting little hole to start. I think that number, uh, I think is it number six, Ryan? Like a dog leg left par. Yeah. Four. That's kind of a fun hole. Tough. Um, tough hole. This something, I mean, like, one's pretty easy. Two is pretty easy. Three is pretty easy. Four is a tough dog leg right. Five, yeah. decently difficult. Five's six okay. six is tough. Seven's. Seven's almost a drive. Like, I almost drove it. It's like a 300-yard par. But kind of fun. I like those short par, par fours. Yeah, it's a risk-reward. And then a cool, the par threes are great. I think par the par threes three, there are really that, good course. Number eights are really good. We both hit, you had a birdie and I had a, almost had a birdie. Number nine is a phenomenal hole. I have sucked all three times I've played on it. It's it water tough. completely down the left. If you spray it right, you're going to be OB. It's not impossible. Like, it's not so super tight that you can't do it. And it's not that long of a par five, but then the green is like kind down. the water. Big trap on the right that guards it. Water guards it front and left. I never played that hole well. I had to like a double or whatever my max was pick up on that hole. But that, that's probably one of the prettier holes, I would say. I think the back is a little bit prettier. Probably the signature hole for me is the 595 from the whites. 595-yard yeah, par, par 5 across. Uh, it's a good carry the ravine. It's a good 215 to carry the ravine off we the both tee. Carried both smoked it. Um, that's a great hole. There's another, like, almost kind of, there's water in front, but almost kind of drivable par four. Yeah. Actually, two almost drivable par fours coming home. couple more really good par threes. One's yeah, a shorty. Par threes in the back are phenomenal. The one's a shorty, but it's just, like, it's a great, like, almost yeah, an up miss, north hole. if you miss, you're screwed. And then there's the other one's kind of an up north hole, too, where you carry a big ravine. The last hole is very short, like, from the whites. Par 5, yeah. 417 par 5, but it's kind of like a, Get target, a carry, target golf. You got carry, carry, but not go too far. Again. Yeah, so, uh, all in all, a, a fun course. I would play that course all um, the time if I could, honestly. I know Shane, Lauren on my team's husband, plays it quite regularly, a lot of leagues and stuff out there. I would like to play. I've I've yet to play it like in midsummer shape because we yeah, always, be we tough. played it in May and in October. I'd kind of like to, you know, grown in. It'd probably be easier to lose balls. Although I lost five or so on Saturday as it was, but um, yeah, good little tester warm up to going to Arcadia Bluffs this weekend on our annual trip. Obviously, we've covered that course again, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. A little bit next week and then after we get after next week we take a week off for vacation we'll and then we'll come talk to you uh about atlantic dunes, atlantic and maybe, dunes. maybe one of the uh, um 
Palmetto Dunes courses or um, one of the Bluffton courses. Yeah, yeah. So we'll so have we we'll have some some more golf stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll have PGA preview next week. So you're stuck with us for one more week, and then our the only week we ever take off the last three years. This will be our yeah. third year of taking that that week off. So it'll be a little bit of a break and and uh, take a vacation and should be fun. Mm-hmm. Get some more golf. And I was looking. I've already played. Last year, I think we only played what like twice before we went to Arcadia, and including Florida, I've already played seven times going to Arcadia, so yeah, that'll I mean, be kind of nice. I played nine three times, and you and I played three times. Three times, yeah. So, yeah, it's been good. Um, all right, um, just PGA Tour. Um, we had the um, Wells Fargo Invitational this past weekend at Quail Hollow. Wyndham Clark absolutely worked that place uh, up. First career win, um, was overdue. He's a good guy, um, really good talent. Um, he, he played really well, 19 under par, um, on a very difficult golf course. Um, good for him. Seems like a really good dude. Um, that's a bear of a golf course. Xander played well. Um a guy that's really struggling. Was that eight times more than he's made in any one yeah. single paycheck? Yeah, $3.6 million. Four, 485000 had been his, his previous career best. Yeah, that's that's awesome. He said he's a big fisherman, so he'll probably enjoy that. Maybe he'll buy himself a new fishing boat or something. Um, a guy that, um, there's a, an article about it on Golf Digest I wrote earlier about Rory. Um, he's been struggling this year. Um I don't know if it has something to do with pressure. I don't know if the live stuff almost seems like it's kind of taken a toll on him because he's he's kind of the poster child for rah-rah PGA. I mean, other guys are too, but he really is. And, and because he's a Euro, he takes a beating from a-holes like Sergio and right. some of those other guys who Lee just can't West keep their mouth shut. Um, you know, you have Phil Mickelson claiming collusion on – you know, world rankings and, you know, calling out the USGA for there's rule changes that screw to live golfers. Like, dude, you guys, you, you guys knew what you were getting into. Like, this is, Stop crying about it. You knew you were getting man. into sport washing and selling your soul to the devil. STFU and take it like a man. Uh, you you're can't. making a lot of money to suck at golf and wear shorts when you're playing. Um, yeah, Phil, you had a great masters, but you know what? Just shut up, like shut up. And I'm tired. I'm tired of it for Rory because I think he feels like he needs a champion it. And then, you know, even more so again, because the four guys resigned their spots on the DP DP. world tour and that they could have stuck with that. They could have kept their spots and been Ryder Ryder Cup. Cup, Yeah. And so that puts pressure on Rory, who, you know, when you take away his PGA hat, he wants to win the World Cup, right? I mean, the World Cup, the Ryder Cup. Like, that's a big thing to the heroes. And he's just seen all these guys that are just selling their soul to the devil. And I think it's it's hard for him. And then he gets kind of the, he gets beaten up by the, the heroes that have defected to live. And eventually here, it's going to die because they're they're not getting squat for TV. Nobody cares. No one goes. It's... You know, like, I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's here's my proposal. If you like to live, don't play the courses that I'm going to play anymore. Go pick, like, one course in each state that you all can go play, your little live buddies, and you can go to your live tournament tours and get out of my face because you're probably the slow asses that are driving me crazy on my golf course. That was another thing about the ravines is damn slow. It was slow. It was I mean, we were a twosome behind a twosome who was behind a threesome, and, a and we waited a lot, which is 
I again, I mean, it's great to have friendly uh, starters, and, and I would love to be a starter. Being a ranger is not an easy task, but, like, come on, move them along, move them along. There's no reason that, you know, there's people wait to, they think they can drive the 300-yard holes. You can't. You can't. Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, getting back to golf, Rory, he's just a struggle, hasn't played that well. Miscut at the players, miscut the Masters, withdrew from RBC because of burnout. Um, then he played pretty poorly this weekend back at Quail. Um, so we'll see what happens next week when he shows up in Buffalo or Rot- where is it? Buffalo, Rochester, Rochester, Rochester. Mm-hmm. whatever. He's no, not playing this weekend. State New York? No, he's not playing. It's not a huge um, following. Um, Scheffler's the by far and Scott's away. Scott's playing, um, which is good because he's a Texan. Um, good, fun, fun event. AT&T Byron Nelson last week. Um, speaking of, I picked my first winner of the year. Pat myself on the back. Justin Thomas, 14th place. So I did pretty well. Your guys, not too well. Dave missed the cut. Fitzpatrick did all right. Probably middle of the pack. Um, but um, big news. This is big news um, golf-wise. I saw... This earlier, read the statement. Um, Jordan Spieth withdrew from uh, AT&T Byron Nelson with a left wrist injury that says it's causing excruciating pain. I don't know what that means for the PGA. probably means a no-go. He said he's going to take it week to week. Um, that's not something you want to mess around with. A jerker's wrist? Yeah. <laughs> it's not something you Yeah, you don't. I mean, and, and the thing is, is, you know, when you... When you play enough golf and you know, like these guys, and they're hacking out a rough that's way harder than what we're playing out of, Swings or they're, really you know, hard. you're maybe swinging hard and you catch a root that you're not aware of or whatever. I mean, and these guys probably have a little bit of overuse anyway because that's all they do is play golf and practice. But I had not seen that. So hopefully, yeah, he's, just hopefully Jordan's all right. Yeah. So hopefully he'll uh, recover. But um, TBC Craig Ranch. Um, K.H. Lee, of all people, he's, he's like an average PGA Tour player. He's won the last two, um, trying to make it a third. So I guess we can just do picks. I, I picked him for three-peat. Why not? He loves that course. Um, and then my other guy, a guy that's played really well um, sneakily this season, it's Adam Scott. I got him, too. I got him and Tom Kim. Thomas and Tank and him, my guy. Yeah, uh, Adam Scott finished top five, didn't he, at the Wells Fargo? He did. He played really well he did. He played well. Terrell Hatton's got pretty good odds this week. He played well at the. He's been playing pretty well lately too. Yes, he and, is. And he's kind of grown on me. Like I like him. I always thought I like him he was just cranky, but then I watched him on, you know, the the Netflix series, and he became a little bit more likable. Like his temper, and mostly it's geared towards himself, not other people. So I actually I kind of respect that. And think funny. it's kind of funny. No, I I like. I like Hatton. I also we also used to not really like Rom or Rory too much either, right. and we like him both a lot now um there's, a, there's not many guys on the pga tour that i would say i don't like really anymore a lot of them left it's nice to see me. harris english play well last yeah week I, i'm a big fan of his um he had a really good 2021 and he was kind of banged up last year didn't get to play much and he's done well this year so mm-hmm. happy for harris but yeah the lit like bryson you if anyone hasn't seen look it up bryson shambo he was Whatever, looked like some nerd before he did his twenty twenty bulk up. Got up, looked like a roided out tight end. Now he's like skinny again. Like he looks weird. And he still sucks. Yeah, I mean he's trash. He had he won the he won the uh, U.S. Open in twenty twenty at Wingfoot. Um, just because he didn't really bogey, he just 
Right. Bash he didn't make mistakes. Yep. And Bomb and gouge his way. But he hasn't really done anything. Oh, that's probably his last win. Ever since he opened his mouth and said Augustus is par sixty-seven for him, and he has done shit and then there. He never makes the cut. And karma boy. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna look don't this up right now. I, I don't think he has won since the, uh, since that U.S. Open. I want to say. Yeah, live tour doesn't count. I don't no, think he's won a live tour anyway. So. Bull crap tour, anyways. Um, it's ten wins total, eight on the PJ Tour. Um, let's see. Okay, he won the Arnold Palmer in 2021. That's when he hit like the 500 yard drive or whatever. On oh the yeah, across the lake. Like, was pointing at it. It was weird. But yeah, that and then the U.S. Open in 2020, and then he also won the Rocket Mortgage in 2020. Big props to you. I remember that. Yeah. Seeing a name that I that has not that never. I mean, he's on live now, but he never amounted to anything. Matthew Wolf. The weird oh, yeah. swing freak. He never, yeah. he hasn't done anything. He's kinda, he kind of went off the deep end a little bit, too. You know, he won the tough, 3M in 2019. That's his only Yeah, win. he's struggled. So, yeah, he's another guy that, that left. How about Ricky Fowler back in the Rick, first world time golf ranking top 50 for a while? So, that's good. He's kind of slowly been playing well. I'd like to see him compete for a big, you know, major and, and win win a tournament again here soon. He's been up there. Um, I, like, I like Ricky. He's a good dude. He's a good man, yeah. JT played well again this week. I'm happy for him because he needs that confidence back. Um, I want to see him win because he's a good guy. He's fun. Um, Spieth, sad that he's not playing. Um, hopefully he'll get better. Um, Tiger's caddy, Joey, he's uh, now Mr. Slow Pants caddy. Yeah, probably smart for him because Tiger's not going to probably play again this year, and he's not. He's only going to play he, like four or five times a year anyway, like right. maybe the majors. I mean, so, I mean, the guy's got to go earn a living. Maybe he can speed can't lay up or something, I don't know, or like teach him how to spread a sunscreen around, one of the two. Yeah, well, that's a novel concept for Pat. Um, best player to not win a major, I would say he's the one, technically, the best player. Can't lay? Yeah. What maybe. about Shoffley? Shawfle, Finau. I mean, there's a Shawfle played well last this is a weekend big too. List. This is a big list. Most weekends, Shawfle would have won with his score. Last yeah, weekend. I mean, that's a tough. At that course, Quail was a tough golf course. Um, yeah, nineteen under par. That's uh, it's a doozy. Any other golf things? I don't, I'm trying to think if I saw any anything. No, nothing um, too in the crazy. News. Up no, now, nothing no. really. Um, I guess we can just move on to the sprint then. Um, all right. Number one, most golf holes you think you could play in a day? Well, I've played 63 in a day. How hard was that? Um, you know, I was younger than I am now. I was probably like 30-ish and like not over drinking right away or over smoking the stogies and just kind of like pacing it out and pacing out your food and stuff. You could, I wouldn't be able to do it now. I could do 50. I'm saying I could do 50. I, would, I could do 36 still now, but I would not be able to do 36. Like we used to do like a... 1836-36, or we do that 54 in a, on the cl- the first day of summer was that group, and we one year got the 63 holes. Like, I was younger, I could do it. You just have to kind of pace yourself mentally. I'm now, 36, but, like, I wouldn't be able to go 36-36 on a weekend. I could do 1836 well, or 36-18. 36 in, in three months that we're going to I can do that in the middle of the season, but, um, you know, 36, like a 36, 18, 36 type of deal in a weekend, uh, maybe, but I'd just as soon play like Chris and Dave and I played in Florida where we had a couple, 
you know, like a walkable par three course that you mix in there. So you play 18 and kind of play a fun little par three course. Like that seemed yeah. to be a little bit more of a common thing. Like last year when we played the bootlegger up at. Yeah, they Forest got one Dune. in Manistee National. You know, so that's that's a fun that's a fun thing. But yeah, the older I get, no, I can't. I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. But I have done sixty three. Okay, I like it. Um, best ice cream flavor. I probably have asked this, but I can't remember. So we're just gonna go uh, again. And it's warm, getting warm outside. We got ice cream yesterday. And it really depends on on my mood. Like I, I get there and I kind of look at it and I see, like if I go to Kill Ones, uh. I really like butter pecan or the chocolate, like the fudge peanut butter is really good. I, anything with peanut butter I really like. Um, I think Mackinac Island fudge is a sneaky underrated one. Uh, I'm probably most often going to lean towards something with peanut butter or some sort of like toffee crunch in it. So I'll go with that, like a peanut butter flavor. Uh, yeah, that that's always good. Um my favorite, I, I could, if I just to stick to one, it'd probably be cookies and cream. I've always loved that one. Um, and a waffle cone. Oh, yeah. Waffle Especially. cone. Mm-hmm. I always get a cup, though, so I'm semi-healthy, you know. Um, all right. this I saw this on Golf Digest um, earlier on Instagram. They posted it and thought I'd pose this. You have 500 golf balls, and you're 165 yards away on a par three. If you make a hole-in-one, you get a million dollars. If you don't, you can't play golf for a year yes or no 500 shots from 165 yards that's a seven iron for me i like that club i take my chances i would do it 100 percent. my chances yeah 100 percent. i'd do it um all right last after one. you hit 500 balls you might not be able to play for another year no anyway. that's a lot of shots last one what who's one big 10 basketball coach that you would want to play for other than tom Oh, that's a good question. One that I would love to play for. Hmm. I would have said previously Tim Miles. Yeah, I really fun. would have liked I, to play for I like, Miles. I've heard him mic'd up. He sounds like a um, guy. Or, or I would have said previously when he was still in the Big Ten, probably Micah Shrewsbury. Yeah. Let's say I probably, honestly, I might go with uh, Holtman. Holman's well, a really coach. good coach. Yep. Um, Painter, with, Painter may be a runner-up. I'm going with Peichel. I love Peichel, Steve Peichel. Yeah, Peichel would be a good he's, one, too. I've heard he's yeah. a really funny guy, and he's like very encouraging. Yeah. Um, you get He's a really good coach. I mean, the Big Ten, best, I think, best top-to-bottom coaches um, in major college basketball, I would say. Um, yeah, that's a good question. We could talk about that sometime. That'd, that'd be a fun topic. That's uh, the sprint. That's the episode. Um, well, piggybacking off of what I just said, if you have any uh, requests about brackets you want to hear us do, mailbag, uh, mailbag questions we could do, just topics in general you want to discuss, football, basketball, um, you know, hockey, maybe we can answer a question or two, um, golf, um, badminton, um, cricket. Pickleball. Pickleball is fun. Fastest growing sport in America. It's fun. Don't knock it till you try it. Handball. Um, handball is also a fun sport. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, could not do it without you. Um, looking forward to a little PGA action next week, so be ready for that. Get your get your note cards out so you can take notes and uh, be ready to bet because I'm going to pick the winner next week. I know that for a fact. I am, Mr. Confident. 
Meantime, in honor of the hoops talk that we sprinkled in today, as Bobby Knight once said, when my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want them to bury me upside down and my prit critics can kiss my ass.